Well, I'm really thankful for, among other things, Crossview Church and our church body. And one of the things I'm grateful for and thankful for about Crossview is that we are a church that seeks to equip all of us to live out our faith wherever God has called us. We have often said, you are the ministers, and so we want to come alongside and equip you uh, to be ministers where God has called you. And one of the ways that we equip around here is if there are those in our church body who feel that God may be tapping them on the shoulder and calling them to uh, vocational Christian service as a pastor or missionary, we want to come alongside and help them. And I'm really excited that tonight uh, you get to hear from Caleb Rumbly, who's a young man in our church who is wrestling with that, uh, calling, seeing if God is calling him into full-time ministry. And he's going to be preaching the word tonight. And he has prepared well. He's prayed well. He's worked with our pastoral staff. And so I'm very excited to have Caleb have this opportunity. But there's a flip side to this, too, because I'm excited about something else. Because in preaching, this thing called preaching, it works both ways. So not only am I excited that Caleb gets this opportunity, but I'm excited that we get to hear the word of the Lord through Caleb. Because the truth is, it doesn't really matter who's behind this pulpit. If they're prepared and they've prayed, and we are, as a congregation, prepared, and we prepared our hearts and we prayed, then God can take his word and use it to transform us more into the image of Jesus. And that's what we want to be about here at Crossview. So with that, I invite Caleb to come forward. Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, I just want to open up the evening with a word of prayer. So bow your with me. Dear God, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for everyone who came out tonight. Just thank you for this community that we have, God. And um, yeah, God, I pray that you would give me words to speak tonight and that you would give others ears to hear this message. So be with us all this evening, God, and uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. It was July 1st, 1863. The first day of a three-day battle that would rack up the largest casualty counts of the entire American Civil War. Over 50,000 soldiers died in the Battle of Gettysburg, which ended in a Union victory. Despite the extreme price of the victory, President Abraham Lincoln, a few months later, proclaimed a national day of thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday of every November. In his thanksgiving address to the nation, Lincoln says, and I quote, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to him, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. Now I get that there's some 19th century language in there that might be a bit difficult to understand, 
But what I want you to get from that whole thing is that the day of Thanksgiving that we're celebrating this week was set in motion partially as a result of the Battle of Gettysburg. Despite the price the nation had to pay and the terrible loss it experienced, Lincoln chose to give thanks for the victory that had been gained while also being thankful for the sacrifice of those who made the victory possible. So, is it possible to do that in life today? To go through something terrible and still come out of it with thanksgiving? It seems counterintuitive to give thanks when things are bad. For example, why would you thank God when you just lost a loved one? Or why would you give thanks when you're having financial trouble? How can we be thankful when we feel nothing to be thankful for? Is that even possible? And if it is, what does that type of Thanksgiving look like? Well, before we jump into all that, uh, I just want to say hello. My name is Caleb, as Dan already said. A um, little bit about myself. I'm 16. I'm not a pastor on staff here, <laughs> um, but my dad is. Um, so a little bit of my history. Originally, I was born in California. I was there until I was like three. Then we moved to Illinois, where we moved again. And about five years ago, we moved to Wisconsin. And I love it here, so it's great. A few things I like to do, I like to play sports, including soccer and ultimate frisbee. And as many as you know, I love playing drums, my favorite thing to do. Um, and another thing I love to do is I love writing and speaking. I'm looking to maybe become a pastor one day, and so this is a very cool opportunity for me. So, maybe you heard the intro to this message and you're thinking, all right, that's cool. But why should I learn about thankfulness during suffering from a 16-year-old? Because, after all, I really haven't been through that much. I'm still 16. And you're absolutely right. That's true. But tonight, we're not hearing about what I have to say on any of this. We're taking a look at what the Bible has to say about this topic. This evening, what I want to do is I want to take a close look at the life of a biblical character who constantly went through tremendous suffering for the sake of God's kingdom, yet always came out of it with thanksgiving. So I want to look, take a look at the life of the Apostle Paul. And we're going to go through some of Paul's writings that show what he went through, his mindset during his trials, and then we're going to look at our passage for today that gives us a good representation of what Paul had to be so thankful for. So, I'm going to start by diving into the life of Paul, and we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 30. And this is Paul talking, and it reads... Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beat with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak, and I do not feel weak. 
who is led into sin, and I do not inwardly burn. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. Most of us today can't even imagine going through a fraction of what Paul went through. It says here that Paul was whipped five separate times, and it says he received 40 lashes minus one. Back then, 40 lashes was considered the lethal amount of lashes that a person could receive. So 40 minus one meant that it was about as close to death as you could come. So Paul came within inches of death five times and at the hands of his own people, the Jews. Along with that, Paul was beaten, he was stoned, and he was shipwrecked three times. I don't know how unlucky you have to be to be shipwrecked three times, but Paul was. I don't know about you guys, but the only shipwreck I've ever had was my canoe flipping over, which isn't that significant. But you see what I mean? I've never been through anything near what Paul has been through. And then, in verses 28 through 29, he says, on top of all that, he is burdened with his concern for the churches because he feels personal responsibility for their well-being. Paul obviously had life very difficult in ways that we can't even imagine. But what I want you guys to notice is, is Paul complaining in this passage? Well, no, he's not. If you remember verse 30, he said, if I must boast, I will boast in the things that show my weakness. So no, he's actually boasting in his sufferings. And notice, as we read that passage, Paul doesn't in any way try to gain pity for himself or blame God for his struggles. Rather, he sees his struggles as something to be proud of. He's thankful despite his suffering. And if you've been reading the Bible long enough, you know that Paul wrote a good chunk of the New Testament. And we see Paul keeps this mindset of thanksgiving during suffering in all the letters that he writes. I'm going to look at a couple examples. and The first one is 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which Ryan read for us earlier. It feels weird to call him Ryan. He's my dad. So what dad read for us earlier, it reads, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice how he says, in all circumstances. This is the same man who has been within inches of death for the sake of Jesus, who was beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, who went hungry and naked. Yet, despite all that, Paul still tells us to give thanks in all circumstances. Next, in Philippians 4, 6, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Notice the theme here, as Paul says again, in every situation, to pray with thanksgiving. This is especially significant in this case because the entire, Paul wrote the entire letter of Philippians in a Roman prison. And the Romans are the same people who killed Jesus by nailing him to a cross, so I would assume their prisons weren't exactly five star. Still, as always, Paul says to give thanks in every situation. So the question we, we need to be asking is why is Paul so thankful when it seems like he is so thankful, so little to be thankful for? Well, to find the answer to that, 
let's look at another one of Paul's letters, which hopefully many of us are very familiar with by now. We're going to look at Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. It reads, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This passage represents some of the key things that we as Christians have to be thankful for. Paul lists all that has been given to us by our Lord, Jesus Christ. And he starts by saying, therefore, since we have been justified through faith. And then if you notice the word therefore, that means that everything he lists after the sentence is a direct result of being justified by faith. And since the only way we are able to be justified by faith is because of the sacrifice of Jesus, everything listed here in Romans 5 is a gift to us from Jesus Christ. So, let's break down some of what Paul says we have to be thankful for in Romans 5. The first thing he says is he says we have peace with God. Now, what does it mean to have peace with God? To put it simply, it means that we are no longer in opposition to God. As a sinner who hadn't received the gift of salvation, we were all once rebels in God's eyes. We used to be separated from God by our sin. But now, being justified through faith, we are at peace with God. We are no longer condemned in God's eyes because of the price that Jesus has paid for us. We now have peace knowing that we are loved and accepted by Jesus' open arms. So I have a question for you guys. Even in suffering, can you be thankful for peace with God? Next, Paul says, we have access by faith into grace. Not only do we have peace in the here and now, because of Jesus' sacrifice. But because of Jesus' sacrifice, we have access, only through faith, into grace. A wonderful and unexplainable grace. So what is grace exactly? Well, grace is undeserved favor that cannot be earned. It's something that's freely given to us by God, even though we don't deserve it. We stand in a grace that not only frees us from punishment for our sins, but also grants us eternal life in heaven with Jesus. That's what Paul is saying here. And it's easy to see why Paul is able to live in thankfulness with news as great as this. So I have a question for you guys. Even in trials in life, can you be thankful for the grace of God? Next off, Paul says, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. 
This especially stood out to me because think back to 2 Corinthians 11, which we read earlier. When Paul was talking about all his sufferings, what was he doing? Was he complaining, blaming God? No, he wasn't. He was boasting in his sufferings. And as I read that passage, I was thinking, how? How is Paul able to boast in all this terrible list of things he's gone through? And when you look at this passage, when you look at Romans 5, it becomes clear. Paul's able to boast because Paul has hope. He has hope that no matter what he goes through, in the end, he will experience the glory of God firsthand. And if his sufferings are promoting that hope to others, Paul sees that as something well worth boasting about. So I have a question for you guys. Even when life is tough, can you be thankful for your glorious hope in Jesus Christ? Finally, Paul goes on to say, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. The NIV translation says we glory in our sufferings. The ESV says we rejoice in our sufferings. The CSB translation says we boast in our sufferings. But essentially, they all mean the same thing. We can give thanks in our sufferings because they produce perseverance, character, and hope. And as Paul says in verse 5, that hope we receive does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God is good. And he has given us a real hope. A real hope of life after death. Of truth amidst lies. And of love amidst hate. All given to us through God's Holy Spirit. So I have some questions for you guys. Can you be thankful that even in suffering, God is good? Can you be thankful that even in suffering, God is growing you? Can you be thankful for the gift of God's Holy Spirit? Finally, can you be thankful that because of his spirit, God is with you through it all? Think about those questions. Can you be thankful, even when life is hard? So let's recap a little bit. We saw in 2 Corinthians 11 that Paul has suffered extremely for the sake of the gospel. Yet in that passage, he is boasting about his sufferings. And we see him throughout scripture in the letters he writes, urging others to give thanks in every circumstance, no matter how hard. Next, if we look at Romans 5, 1 through 5, we see Paul give a sort of summary of all we have received from God as a result of being justified by faith. Those being peace with God, access by faith, a hope we can boast in, and a reassurance in sufferings. So maybe you're thinking, okay, that sounds great. I would love to have, to have Paul's mindset of being thankful no matter what, but I'm not Paul. Paul's kind of a hero of the faith, right? I'm not Paul. This is Paul talking. I can't do that. 
If you're thinking that you can't be thankful when something bad happens, I hear you. This isn't easy. Obviously, if you lose a, lo lose a loved one, you're not just going to turn to God and start praising Him and giving thanks. That's not what the Bible is saying, and that's not what I'm saying. We're not supposed to be fake. The Bible teaches us to mourn. In fact, the shortest verse in the Bible reads, Jesus wept. And Jesus was mourning over the death of Lazarus. And this verse reminds us that Jesus himself mourned. But while Thanksgiving during trials is difficult, it is possible. It's possible to remember the promises of God and keep a thankful mindset even when life is tough. That is possible, but it's hard. A couple summers ago, I went to work for a Christian summer camp called Expeditions Unlimited. It was probably the fav my favorite summer of my life. They have a motto there that says, get out of your comfort zone and get into your adventure zone. And that is a very fitting motto for that camp because we did some pretty crazy stuff there. For example, they had a high ropes course there, right? Where you know, where you like, you're in a harness and you clip to a steel wire and then you're, you know, you're walking through different obstacles, like, I don't know, 50 feet in the air, maybe 70, and you're doing all this stuff, and it's fun. Normal camp stuff, no big deal. The catch with this particular course is, uh, once you go up onto the course, there's only two ways down. There's a zip line, and there's a bungee jump. There's no elevator to the ground, there's no ladder or anything, you're just up there, and that, that kind of freaked some people out who were, they were afraid of heights. But that's how the course was. You got up there, you either had to, to jump or you had to zip. There was no easy option. Now, really, the zip line was pretty easy, but as staff there, part of our job was to encourage students to get out of their comfort zone and into their adventure zone, right? This included trying to get middle school kids to jump off of a 50-foot ledge, free fall for about 20 feet, and then swing back and forth for like... I don't know, a minute or something. Yeah, not all of them were thrilled about that. And my job at that particular course, a lot of the time, was to take kids off of the swing once they had slowed down enough. So it's safe to say, and I can say from personal experience, that many of them did, in fact, achieve the adventure zone, if not the terrified zone. <laughs> so my point with all that is that being thankful in tough times is anything but easy. However, it pushes us into our adventure zone. It's hard. Being thankful when we don't feel anything to be thankful for is not something that comes naturally to us as human beings. It's not, what, it's not how we're built. However, it's also healthy for us in the same way that the adventure zone is. The adventure zone encourages you to do things you've never tried before, to kind of get out of your Maybe get out of bad habits or do, do new fun things, whatever. A thankful mindset, even during tough times, is also healthy for you. Because it keeps you from falsely blaming God in hard situations. And it keeps us thankful unconditionally. It's a big idea here. Based on the life of Paul. How he chose to live. And how he encouraged other people to live we see that true thanksgiving is not just a response to the physical things that we receive in life, good or bad. 
Thanksgiving is a mindset of gratitude that we take up in response to the amazing promises of God, like the ones we just read in Romans 5. It's a mindset of gratitude that we choose to take up in response to the amazing promises of God. Do you guys remember what we just sang in the song Promises? Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I will remain steadfast. And let my heart learn, when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Through the trials we go through, we can remain steadfast and thankful. Why? Because when God speaks a word, it will come to pass. All of what God said in Romans 5 will come to pass. The peace, hope, joy that he promises us will come to pass. They're ours as a result of our salvation. That is why Paul was thankful, and that is why we can be thankful, no matter what. So if you only take away one thing from this entire sermon, if you just came for the pie and didn't expect a lecture, and I wouldn't blame you, take this away. True thanksgiving is not just a response to the physical things we receive in life. Thanksgiving is a mindset of gratitude we take up in response to the amazing promises of God. So how can we do this? When life is rough and we don't feel much to be thankful for, how can we still be thankful? The answer is simple. Trust in God. More specifically, trust in the promises of God that we just read in Romans 5. Life can and it will hurt. It will. Life is hard. But we can ground ourselves in a mindset of thankfulness by remembering and trusting in God's promises. Specifically, the ones we just read in Romans 5. God promises us peace, hope, and joy even in suffering as long as we simply have faith in and follow him. So maybe you heard this today and you're thinking, that sounds great. A mindset of thanksgiving, thanksgiving, no matter what, that sounds nice. But I don't think I have real hope in Jesus. I don't think I have that peace that we're talking about. And if that's you, I just, I want you to know, I get it. I genuinely do, and I have been there. Back when we used to move around a lot, like I said earlier, I was not always happy about it. Oftentimes it meant leaving friends and places I loved behind. I was angry many times for what I had to leave behind, and I didn't see much hope in moving. But looking back on it now, I'm grateful for the different places we lived, because in each one, I met new, amazing people. And I've met so many amazing people here. Even though I was angry at the time, I look back on all the hard moves that me and my family had to make with thankfulness. Finding peace in Jesus helps me through that. And it can help you through whatever you're going through and whatever areas of your life that are tough right now. Peace with Jesus is the ultimate solution. 
So, take this as an opportunity to accept the hope, peace, and joy that Jesus offers. Jesus stands with open arms to anyone who will run to him and accept him. All you have to do to accept Jesus, all you have to do, as Dan often says, is turn to Jesus. Turn away from sin. Turn to Jesus. Trust Jesus. Trust in the promises that he gives us. That we sang in the song Promises and that we read in Romans 5. Finally, follow Jesus. Follow him with your life. and Submit to him with your life. And that's how you will find true freedom in life. So I encourage you, if you want to accept him, talk to someone about it. Don't keep it to yourself. Feel free to come to talk to me or any of the pastors on staff or a Christian friend, anyone. We'd love to help. We really would. We would love to help you make that choice. So to wrap up, I want to encourage you all this week, as you celebrate Thanksgiving, take some time in prayer to thank God for all that he has given us. And ask him to help you take on a mindset of thankfulness, not based on what's good or what's bad in life, but based on the truth of God's promises that we can trust in. Let's pray for that now. Dear God, thank you for this evening. Thank you for this holiday in which we get to celebrate Thanksgiving, in which we get to learn what it means to really give thanks. God, I pray for everyone here, everyone in this room, me, myself included. I pray that we would all be able to have gratitude no matter what we're going through. To give thanks not because life is always good but because we have peace, hope, and joy in you, God. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this evening. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and respond. It's a good word, son.